Welcome to the Women's Health Wisdom and Wine podcast, a bi-weekly conversation with practitioners, providers, patients, and healers about complex reproductive medicine and women's health challenges, the value of an integrative approach to these challenges, many of the women's health topics you're already thinking about but uncomfortable talking about, and my personal favorite, wine. I'm your host, Dr. Lorena White, an integrative reproductive medicine and women's health provider, licensed acupuncturist, clinical herbalist, and a former labor support doula in the Washington, D.C. metro area. My goal is to bring women's health-specific evidence and expertise to the forefront of daily health and wellness news through informative conversations. If you have ideas, questions, and specific topics that you would like us to cover in future podcast episodes, please leave them in the comment section or send us an email. To learn more, visit the website at www. LorenaWhite.com. As you enjoy the podcast, conversations, and wine time, please remember that this podcast is not designed to be a substitute or a bona fide relationship with a licensed or certified healthcare professional. Thank you for joining us. In today's episode, Jan Bull talks with me about the importance of cultivating and nourishing vital energy through Qigong, recognizing the signs of depletion and how gentle cultivation of vital energy affects sexual healing. Let's listen. Happy Thanksgiving and welcome to the podcast, Jan. How are you doing? Doing well. Happy Thanksgiving to you because we already had ours. <laughs> oh, yes, you did. I know. That's why I was saying we're going to be having ours tomorrow. So I hope that you had a wonderful one. Talk to us about why you already had Thanksgiving and where you're located right now. Okay. So we already had Thanksgiving because I'm in Canada. Yeah. And uh, Toronto. <laughs> Toronto, I heard it said Toronto, not Toronto. But anyway. <laughs> um, so I'm in Toronto and Canada. We had ours in October. Yes. Uh, they do kind of what you do too, as far as the whole family thing, but um, uh-huh. earlier on. So happy, right. happy week to you. Happy Thanksgiving week. Good. So we have traditionally focused on many of uh, many of our episodes on women of reproductive age. We're switching it up this episode and focusing on life after menopause, because many women erroneously believe that this is the beginning of the end. So let's talk about how you've completely turned that notion on its end. Ah, well, there's good news. And actually, <laughs> I didn't turn the notion on its end because the Taoist, thousands of years ago, Taoist uh, women practitioners already understood that menopause isn't the end of the game. It doesn't, it's not a death sentence. It's not a automatic um, rest of your life in dire physical straits with you know, completing emotional turmoil. It's actually um, thought to be a beautiful time of life. Mm. Wow, what a concept. It's considered to be the woman's second spring, her Mm. spiritual spring, a time when the turmoil of all this coursing blood in us (laughs) calms down because we're not bleeding anymore. Right. And so um, we have more equanimity in our emotions, Mm. Um, and we have this capacity now 
for more spirituality, really, to to move into this this other aspect of life, which you know I, I never really noticed before. Um, but it's true; many women at this time are starting to engage in more creative things, arts, uh, the arts, and and creative endeavors, meta meditations, and spirituality. So it actually has this beautiful capacity if we were to embrace it in that mm-hmm. way. I love that. Yeah. You are a practitioner of Qigong, so talk to us a little bit more about that. And how did this practice enable you to cultivate your own sexual qi? Yeah, so um, not automatically. Qigong, uh, so I came to Qigong um, originally Chinese medicine and everything because of low back issues. Um, and when I um, started acupuncture school, saw that all these curricula had Qigong in it. And at the time, I had no idea what that was. Mm-hmm. So I was looking it up and, you know, what is this stuff? And so I started about 10 years ago with something as simple as it was called twirling chi above the head. Uh-huh. <laughs> and really, I just did it every day because I was in a really hard time of life. Mm-hmm. Um, really some poor, bad job situations and all this stuff. And um, it gave me comfort. You know, I was doing seven things a day to get through the day, like, okay, do something creative, take one mm-hmm. risk, do something physical and meditate. And I couldn't meditate at the time. So I did cheek this twirling thing. Yeah. So and then I learned Qigong because we had to in school, uh, more formally, and I couldn't feel Qi. So I was kind of very rigorous about it. And it's taken me 10 years really to really come to feel something in Qi because it's really it's not just about moving the arms there's mm-hmm. this really intentional aspect right but the sexual the the energizing aspect actually came later um when i did tantric work with shakti mm-hmm. shiva academy in south africa and sexual healing work okay and it was through the tantric work and the breath there that i learned um that I experienced subtle energy rising. Okay. Uh, Some people might call that kind of movement through the body, a body orgasm. But we get hung up on words because they mean, you know, it's like saying um, snow has all these different types of snow. So she is, you know. So that that kind of movement in the body um, of energy through the practices we were doing was ecstatic and amazing. Right. But the practices of Tandava are very undulating. And then mm-hmm. I started to feel like, wait a minute, where is this in Qigong and in Chinese medicine? It mm-hmm. seems so I learned about the difference between masculine and feminine. Right. Which I had never had a real big clue actually about. And yet we or yin and yang and these asked sort of energetic aspects. So I got very curious about, wait, wait what, I, I love this Qigong practice, it's healing, um, it's supposed to like do all this stuff, but where's this aspect? And I never felt energy like that before. So then mm-hmm. I started a journey. It's like, I need to find out, you know, did this, did this just not exist or is there something missing? And in fact, there is a, a long-standing, very ancient tradition of Taoist feminine practitioners um, of Qigong, and there are feminine practices. So now I've discovered some of this. Um, I've discovered there's these essential differences we have. 
And there's uh, in those practices, especially with breath, use of the perineum, um, certain kinds of um, ways of movement, mm-hmm. it actually stokes the vital energy. Okay. And so there you have it. All right. <laughs> I, I feel we're getting into some hot and heavy, some a little hot yeah. and juicy. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a couple, several paces back. You yeah. mentioned acupuncture school, mm-hmm. some elements of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. How did this experience shape your future experience? So, um, <clears throat> yeah, the acupuncture school was the first time I connected actually with the heart. So it was okay. like, I need to do this. It was a calling. Mm-hmm. And I eventually got there um, <clears throat> because I wanted to uh, help everybody else cure their back pain because okay. I had back pain. All right. Uh, in the process of going through the schooling, which is a lot of self-discovery, um, <clears throat> I discovered, oh God, I discovered that I wasn't happy in my 40-year marriage and never had really been happy in that marriage. Wow. And that came with also some uncomfortable acknowledgments of um, um, hidden sexual issues, I'll call them. Okay. Um, You know, identity issues, lack of libido that I've ever had considering myself, maybe not even just asexual, but antisexual or mm-hmm. an alien. Um, <laughs> You're not an alien. I promise. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, that was all very uncomfortable, right. but I had made a practice, a promise when I went to school that I would do everything to become mm-hmm. a, a good practitioner, whatever it was. And so it was like, Oh, I have to face this. Mm-hmm. And that led to, a divorce and the therapy process opened an, an avenue because there was a lot of discussion about <clears throat> my sexuality over my lifetime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, that led to this huge discovery process of like the whole tantric stuff and then that, that weaving back in. But I love this Chinese medicine. It's what I know. Right. I want to do it. So that's kind of like that journey. Okay. And you mentioned, you mentioned sexual healing and I immediately think of Marvin Gaye. That was what was started playing in my head. Um, so that was like the background soundtrack that you probably couldn't even hear. I'm um, hot just like an oven. I yeah. Oven. <laughs> there you well, go. He apparently <laughs> did have some sexual healing that I didn't have. <laughs> it was unilateral. I missed, I missed his, his, his version of sexual healing. There you go. So talk to us briefly about your journey in this particular area. Like, talk to us about that actual sexual healing um, aspect for you. Well, actually, I mean, and Marvin Gaye, I mean, he had a horrendous upbringing in terms of his dad beating him a lot. So, I mean, everyone has deep things that happen in their psyche of one Mm -hmm. way or another that impacts them. And it's sort of a process to, we have so much cultural shame around uh, our sexuality, mm-hmm. you know, we have deep shadows and, and things that we don't even know run us. So, so for me, it was a matter of, um, first acknowledgement that this was something. And I did right. a course that was on sexual shadow work, you know, and sort of number one for me was, to <laughs> I, I laugh now cause I feel like I've gone so far beyond this, but, um, was simply even acknowledging that our sexuality as beings wasn't mm-hmm. just a cruel twist of nature to right. make us reproduce, but that it could 
even possibly have <clears throat> spiritual and um, you know divine aspects to it, um, not just some crass animal act, yeah. was a huge thing for me because I simply just couldn't accept sexuality. Now there's also some various kinds of sexual experiences that I had, some unknown things perhaps, but in the end <clears throat> was coming to see this as something that's actually a beautiful part, potentially beautiful part of our existence. You know, some people say we're like spirit having a human experience. And that's part of the human experience, but right. this whole universe was a big bang. That was a gigantic orgasm. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that perspective. I can see how that could be. I mean, it's creation. It's and creation. We, I mean, if you look at it that way, I mean, what is, what is, you know, when there's that simultaneous orgasm, that is creation, especially when you look at it from a sexual perspective. And yeah, that's, that's a nice way to look at it. I have, hadn't thought about it that way. Well, it's all, it's also all energy, but that, that wasn't enough for me because, <clears throat> so, and this is part of the discovery process. So you can bring me back to this later, but I'll just say one of the things that's very important <clears throat> that I learned in this process of Qigong and discovery about the difference between men and women. Mm-hmm. The woman's heart is her energetic center. Yes. The man's energetic center is his genitals, his sexual center. Yes. And they actually have a different journey spiritually because of that. <clears throat> but also in our interaction, and there's a beautiful thing that is done in the Taoist work, which is this connection between the uterus and the, the sexual center and the heart. It's just beautiful, right. just beautiful. And so a woman has this need to connect from the heart. Absolutely. And so, and we call that foreplay. And when we're talking about it from a conventional, you know, and sometimes crass perspective, we call that foreplay. And a lot of time that's, you know, how we get our hot ovens. <laughs> yeah, there's this saying, it's that the, the yin, the woman, the yin, mm-hmm. is like water. So okay. it's slow to heat, but mm-hmm. then takes a long time to cool down. Cool down, yeah. Whereas the yang, the man, is like, you know, a fire. It's like it, you know, a stick it gets on fire, burns, and then it's over. Right. And that speaks to some other stuff, which is uh, also new. We kind of, we learned you in school that the man loses essential energy, this like, like nugget of gold that over your life just, you, you know, use it and it's gone. But they use that up in, in ejaculation. Uh-huh. Well, women don't have that. And this was another thing that became apparent to me. We don't lose that, we call it jing, that essence of mm-hmm. uh, vital energy through, um, through orgasm, which, by the way, the Taoists say there's like eight different types of orgasm for a woman. We lose it. Um, we know we lose it through childbirth. That's what we're taught. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you have a bazillion children, then you lose more. It's right. just gone. We also lose it through menstruation. Mm-hmm. And there's another place we lose it, through our energetic heart, through our heart. Yeah. The heart is connecting to the kidneys, and it's like infusing jing into well, the fetus and all kinds of things. But right. So when we have emotional issues, we have to deal with them. But anyway, um, yeah, it all kind of became a like a huge discovery period. But um, yeah. The sexual, sexual piece, like to, to have seen the beauty of two beings 
in this energetic coherence of something that's beautiful, that's not goal-oriented towards um, some outcome, like mm-hmm. orgasm. Right. But to be involved in this, like, it's almost like a meditation with the cosmos. Okay. All right. Thank you for making some of those clear distinctions between male and female energy, because I think a lot of times we look at each other as physical beings, but not about the energy associated with that. So I thank you for making those distinctions. How have you been able to connect tantric healing with Qigong and even Kundalini yoga? So uh, Tantra and uh, Qigong have some similar origins. Mm-hmm. But Tantra being more from India. Um, uh, and then Kundalini is a very specific practice. It's a very young oriented practice. It's a lot of heart, heart fire breath, um, which I mean, we, we can have those breaths in Qigong as well. Right. But typically it's a very um, vigorous mm-hmm. uprising okay. of energy using breath and some vigorous movement. Well, I can't do that very often. It depletes me. So that's one of our big discussions that we have to have some point here uh, Mm -hmm. for women is the serious issue of depletion and the need for restorative practice. So nothing by itself is inherently bad. No activity. Sex, kundalini yoga, breath work, um, a marathon. But you have to recognize how you feel with it, right? Uh, Right. Are you invigorated? How about an hour afterwards? Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, two days later, are you still like, like you know, shovel me off the ground? You know, right. there's like. A <laughs> so it's really, you know, and I was on the train for with everybody else over the last COVID year of like doing breath work and Kundalini and this and that and the other, and it's just like, I was I couldn't do it. I was depleting me. Right. So, right. it's finding the practice that is helpful. And restorative. Um, and restorative. So one of the things about Qigong is that it's, and, and Tantra is too, uh, is it's very, res- er, not every Qigong is the same. There's hundreds, thousands of different types. But right. um, but it's very restorative. And the, the female practices that, women practices that I have been cultivating and pulling together are mm-hmm. very restorative. So you can achieve that same sense of, 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 energy that the kundalini's after but in a very gentle way yeah that that's makes not sense. as vigorous uh and tantra <clears throat> tantra is like a whole philosophy mm-hmm. um and it's very beautiful and i love it but i don't i'm not a tantrika and i don't want to retrain to do that right plus there's aspects of qigong which is basically chinese medicine that understands something that's um more comprehensive i would say uh, my understanding from what I've learned with Tantra is a more of a, um, you know, there's a sense, and I'm, this is, you know, maybe the whole masculine, feminine, and male thing, but the, the, what's that word I'm looking for is that the emphasis seems to be on moving this energy up mm-hmm. for everybody, women, men, everything, move the energy up. Move it up, move it up, because we want to experience connection to the, the crown and, you know, higher consciousness. But like I said earlier, there's kind of a different journey spiritually 
for a man right. and a woman. Now, I'm not, don't have all the ins and outs on this one yet. However, what, <laughs> what I discovered, and this is part of the whole thing, is that when I was doing the tantric practices, I experienced that, but I also had a, a big increase in, in just basic sexual energy, like mm-hmm. libido. Okay. And, you know, okay. that, that energy that was not just moving, but also like, whoa, yeah, a, a, a regular orgasm would be kind of nice. Right. <laughs> and so I was spent a lot of time kind of trying to tease out of the literature I was reading about um, this, these practices. Well, but the thing is, and you're, okay, you speak to this because you're the expert here, but a conventional orgasm for women has huge benefits we know about in terms of a cascade of hormones. Absolutely. Right? I can't tell you whether we've done studies on the, you know, the other kind of thing, right? Uh I don't know that there's the same. I mean, in my experiencing now, so I'm coming a lot more into my own experiencing as well to understand. But there's also tonification that happens in many ways. The ligaments to that whole structure. I mean, Mm -hmm. what... Use it or lose it. So, you know, women aren't men. Mm-hmm. And, Facts. You know, you can tell a man has lost something when they ejaculate because they collapse. Mm-hmm. A woman doesn't. True. Generally. True. She might be energized for a little bit more. <laughs> right absolutely these are these are all facts i like it jed (laughs) so i found this book called uh there's something like the taoist white tigress practices or something it's pretty crazy i mean really amazing crazy stuff taoist stuff but because you know the white tigresses were a sect of Taoist women that, I mean, they probably had people taking care of them and this is what they did all day. We mm-hmm. don't live that kind of life. But, right. But they understood the energetic aspects and the differences between the men and the women. And it was right. so interesting because like, so for a woman, the clitoris is actually considered to be, and you probably know this from Chinese medicine, a mirror to the third eye. It is considered mm-hmm. the woman's third eye. Okay. That's pretty lofty for something down so low. <laughs> <laughs> nice connections. I, I, I see where you're going with this. So it's sort of more like, um, I really wrestled this, with this through some, some of my Tantra classics and then other classes would be like, but, but so you're saying we just, we're only supposed to do this upright, upright thing, but what about regular for orgasm for a woman? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of belittled a little. And I, so my, my, where I've come to now is that when we do this beautiful practices, Tantra, the, the Qigong, sexual Qigong, which is like, uh, there's some practices called the upward draw. And they are so beautiful and it's not goal oriented. You don't have to have a goal. Mm-hmm. And yet, if something else is a lit, great, go for it. So it's Enjoy called it. Yes And. Yes And. I like that. You've mentioned vital energy as a synonym for chi. Mm. Mm. So talk with us a little bit more about chi and its relative importance for women. So um, chi in Chinese medicine, there's many forms of it, but mm-hmm. um, it, it vital energy is um, comes from our our, our 
kidneys in Chinese medicine. So it's kind of like this is the, the, the battery that keeps us going. Right. Um, you can breathe in air and there's air chi and all this stuff. But basically the vital energy I'm speaking of comes to us from our kidney energy. And okay. in its more aroused form is sexual energy. It's all the same energy. Mm-hmm. It's just um, we, have, we can de- be depleted. So <clears throat> we have this font of energy, this jing, this essence we're kind of born with. It's kind of like the principle in the bank. Mm-hmm. And um, we kind of want to protect that because Thanks. the natural process is to just use it up mm-hmm. and then it goes away. And then it's so gone. Yeah. So if we use it up fast, we get more signs of aging and gray hair, those <laughs> bad bones. <laughs> uh-huh. And those things happen way earlier than we they typically do. Like yeah. sometimes we'll see women walking down the street and... That, you know, she's like, you know, you ask how old they are, you know, you're having a conversation and you're thinking you're the same age or something. And she's a lot younger. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this woman looks like way younger than I mean, way older than I am. And she's, you know, 10, 15 years younger than I am or vice versa. There's I'm thinking we're the same age and you're like my mom's age. And I'm like, okay you look fantastic. So it's about cultivation of that jing energy, that vital energy, that essence and preserving it with life decisions, diet, exercise, all the things um, that restore that energy and preserve that energy so it's not just used up with wild living. <laughs> That's it. That's the thing. So the end of uh, somewhere last year, I came to some like really big moments regarding that because I was doing mm-hmm. Qigong. Right. And I was having some heart issues. Mm-hmm. I was, my tongue became changed to like, peeled and you know I couldn't heal this uh, plantar fasciitis I had and I was doing all the things I know how to do because I'm an acupuncturist right I even needled my own heel which is no fun <laughs> so I was like what's I was really depressed it was like I can't even heal myself <clears throat> so I stopped doing qigong I stopped doing everything mm-hmm. well that was the right decision the wow. reason is if you're very depleted you may not even be able to do qigong you may need to do rest and very restorative, easy, very restorative sort of um, uh, sort of visualized breath kind of meditations. There's a beautiful breath thing that we can do. We can do it if you right. wanted to in a minute. Um, I had to do that and the part you spoke to. The yeah. eating, the, nutri- the nutrition, the like things that help our, our kidneys, you know, Jing, black sesame, jing balls, you name it. Yeah, all of it, all of it. And when I got my energy, and I had to warm up because I was exceedingly cold, which is one of our forms of depletion in Chinese mm. medicine. Is um, Technicality doesn't matter. But as soon as I started doing moxan and warming up, yeah. I then began to have enough qi to heal, and mm-hmm. then I could start doing qigong. So you have to have these elements in place that we kind of, disregard in our culture i think right yeah very much so push 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 the harder you the push the better and then we detract from this essence that keeps us from being keeps us being young longer Mm -hmm. helps with um symptoms of uh, menstruation easier menstruation and retains more youthfulness and fewer symptoms in menopause so yeah that whole process, you just went through the whole life cycle about 
restoration and taking time to allow yourself to be, allowing yourself to not just restore, but to be in the moments that are designed for each specific thing. This is the moment for sleep. This is the moment for eating. And I do think we take, a, take all of those phases of a day for granted. We're eating as we're working. We're watching TV as we're eating. We're, you know, exercising in the rain and the snow and the elements that are not necessarily designed for that. We're, you know, running with shorts and sleeve- sleeveless when there's icicles on the ground, like all the things that are just not compatible and living according to, you know, seasonal mandates. And so a lot of things, even with diet, we're eating, you know, mangoes in December and, you know, we live in the Northern, you know, North America. So I think a lot of these things are just asynchronous. And when you talk about restoration, we're constantly working against our best, the best design for ourselves and our health and wellness. I don't think it's even a concept. Yeah. Or it's the exact opposite concept. (laughs) Well, because I, somehow I think we believe that uh, we don't even understand that, that that can happen. It's just not part of the, the mentality. So I think that's a big that's a big step because the vital the, that vitalness, the vitalness yeah. to feel like you want to get up and do stuff and uh, that you feel sexual energy, that you mm-hmm. are interested in life and you want to create. Right. But we all we get. You know, like you said, one of the best meditations actually is just isolating and doing everything you said. You know, I'm eating. Now I'm eating. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now, you know, well, right. I'm walking, you know, but mm-hmm. we do multitasking and we just push against the wall because that's what we have trained. So, yeah. and a lot of people, including me, it's like, um, I mean, I didn't have that concept. Did you? Not of doing one thing at a time. I think I was born multitasking. I mean, I honestly feel like that. Has or even the concept been... of restoration. Yeah. And I think restoration is like a multitask built into my multitasking. I'm going to restore while I'm doing X, Y, and Z. <laughs> I mean, even that in and of itself, it's like, oh, how many ways can I restore myself? Okay, I can do this. I can read. I can do I mean, <laughs> And it winds up being like a multitasking even of a simple thing that's supposed to be restorative. <laughs> Um, oh and I'm guilty of it. I'm definitely guilty of it and working, trying to really put that into practice, not just for myself, but for my own long, <clears throat> my own longevity and my own health and wellness, because work is in and of itself, one of my passions and one of my loves, but over the course of the day, it can be depleting. And I know there are days that I come home and I have nothing more to give. And right. Because yeah. I've definitely given a lot emotionally throughout the course of the day. And so and it's hard. Our society doesn't support yeah. women well. So Canada actually is amazing. They give women mm, 12 months to 18 months maternity leave. Say that and again. 12 to 18 months of maternity leave. She said 12 to 18 months, not 12 to 18 weeks. No. 12 to 18 yeah. months. That's yeah. a year and a half. Right. It's brilliant. Wow. Can you imagine? Want, that's, that's another whole podcast. That's not topic. all. The men <laughs> yeah. get a month paternity yeah. leave. So, yeah. so, I mean, it's just, I've never, I mean, I was back to work. I mean, I probably didn't go back as fast as most. I went at four months, but, but we, you know this, um, so you could speak to this better, but and it's still, it's only just starting to come around this concept of the 30 to 40 day, like postpartum period to recuperate mm-hmm. and get, I mean, goodness sakes, the uterus back in place and 
to just yeah. be with the baby and to bond mm-hmm. and do all the things that one needs to do. Yeah, I tell people all the time, yes, your postpartum visit happens at six weeks, but that's when your physical postpartum period begins because that's when, you know, the changes are starting. You know, you're still nursing, you're doing all those things. And postpartum doesn't begin until six weeks post uh, post delivery. And a lot of times, you know, a year after you're still, that's still postpartum. And a lot of times we don't even, you know, think about it that way. And that's another, you know, jing suck when we're not, you know, taking the time to restore or you're getting pregnant, you know, within that, within a year after your last delivery. So you're just, I mean, I, I mean, your group, for example, what you provide, your, um, the pneumonia, um, center in terms of the, the help for women and, you know, pelvic floor support and all the other things that you guys provide there is just like amazing. It's starting to happen more. I mean, my daughter was able to find a pelvic floor person before she's had the baby. Good. That's wonderful. That's right? the way it should be. Yeah. But this, yeah. this is a concept that we need to start, I think, um, really heeding as important and slowing down because it's not just it's also the stress and the just the joy of life yeah absolutely so do you have some exciting news you've created a course for women that enables them to cultivate their own vital energy in very gentle ways so tell us about the course and how it is designed to cultivate that vital energy and sexual energy that so many women are lacking and as a as you've mentioned before we're just overall just depleted we're Talk a little depleted. I, I would say we are a little depleted. So um, the course is called um, Taoist Qigong Practices for Vital Energy. Okay. Parentheses, also sexual energy. They're all the same, but we start with the vital energy. And it's an online course that I have that's seven modules. I'm not quite sure how long it takes. There are little, little blips. So it's teaching along with little videos that have breath, uh, that we can do so that they're mm-hmm. like easy to like, oh, I like that. And you can repeat it. My motto is it's better to do something more often, less uh-huh. long than just like, okay, I did my, my yoga once a week or once every month or whatever. Right. So right, right. trying to make it in digestible bites. So. My focus is to start with with um, restoration and the, how do we know when we're depleted and dealing mm. with things like uh, I sleep, right? Yeah. Nutrition, mm-hmm. um, lifestyle. So we begin there because without starting with the body and without starting without uh, with our um, most available amount of energy, there's like not right. much to move. So we have to begin there and be warm up and all this. So there's starts with that, goes through some stuff and it then goes to some pieces that are specific for the women. For example, our heart center and ways to release emotional stress and emotions that we hold in the heart, which in our medicine are considered, they can stagnate and move out to the next Mm -hmm. door neighbor, which would be our breasts. I also have practices that are basically just good for things that women need to do. Like there's these beautiful, Breast ovary massages, for example, that, mm. um, you know, we are taught, did you do your breast exam? Right. And it doesn't <laughs> feel very loving or, you know, nice. So a lot of what I'm trying to bring is an appreciation for these bits of ourselves 
that sometimes we neglect. Yeah. And in a loving way to bring practices that we can do and integrate into every day, like at the, in the shower, brushing our teeth, um, to have, and you know, there's some beautiful metaphors that some of the Qigong practices bring in too. And then moving from the heart, which is really important for, for women, the heart connection, the heart and the uterus connection, right. to some, some more sort of vital energy, sexual aroused, more aroused energy, and practices that sort of um, stoke this energy, and it's more moving it through. This is not like trying to achieve any particular uh, <laughs> orgasmic goal in this thing. It's really moving. It's about um, being able to get access cre to this energy. Mm -hmm. So we've done our restoration, and then right. we can access it, stoke it, move it, and then you can do what you like with it. And recycle it. I like that. So that you're using that energy as a constant like wheel that, mm -hmm. that's continually making more and utilizing it and recycling it so that it's yours and you can keep it and use it as needed. That's right. So when you move it in um, tantric and Taoist practices, it's called, uh, sometimes called the microcosmic orbit. Mm -hmm. And this process is considered to moving it through and out to all the organs. So, I mean, it's this beautiful... Ooh, this energy is, is nurturing and nourishing all of me. And that's uh -huh. beautiful. And then any residual stuff that's left. And I mean, some of these practices you can do too with a partner. It's like a mirroring. Mm, okay. And then when you do that mirroring, it becomes um, this beautiful like meditation on its own of connection. Okay. I like that. Are there any other resources you recommend for our listeners who want to begin or continue cultivating their vital and sexual chi? Sure. Um, there's, all of them are listed in the course. I have a resource okay. list. Okay. Uh, I also have a suggested like uh, outline of things, different practices you could do at different places in the day. Okay. Oh, excellent. Um, but um, a couple things just off the bat. Um, there's a book by Felice Dunas, D-U-N-A-S, uh -huh. called um, Passion Play. She's a ch doctor of Chinese medicine. She's okay. written an amazingly beautiful book, I think, especially for couples. Mm, to okay. have a beginner's understanding of the yin and the yang within us. Mm -hmm. Especially helpful for a man to understand the yin energy of a woman. Oh, okay. Excellent. And she also has some some of these practices, these beautiful practices, like, oh, if you're near orgasm, you can, like, inhale and move it up and out and around and whatever. I mean, she has a lot of wonderful stuff in there. Excellent. There's, um, there's some practitioners that... Um, and there's some book... Most of what I've gotten is through some books, and there's somebody named Deborah Davis who does Qigong, and she does do some sexual Qigong for women. Okay. It's quite nice. Uh, and a lot of the Taoist stuff I learned from someone named Ronnie Edlin, who's the wife of uh, Damo Mitchell. And, okay. But her, she's not doing tradition, what we understand as Qigong. Um, I think what she does may be difficult for more some people. It's called Neigong. Okay. It's an okay. internal cultivation. Um, but, but she has a lot of, she has the books that are very good too. So, I mean... All right. 
and the I'll include resources. all those. I'll include all those resources in in the show notes. And also, where can we find you um, on the all the social media platforms and on the internet? So I have a website that okay. is called janbullacupuncture.com. All right. Although I'm not doing acupuncture anymore at the moment. I'm still licensed, though. Yeah. So janbullacupuncture.com. Uh, that has a link to the course. And okay. it also has a link at the moment for a short while, a PDF version mm-hmm. of the course. So the resource list is in there that's free. Okay. It doesn't have the Qigong bits. Okay. And those are the important bits. <laughs> that's right. But it's there. I don't know if I'll keep it there forever, but for now it is. I have a Facebook page for Qigong called Jan Bull Qigong. Okay. All right. Wonderful. I also have a private women's group, but you need to email me for that. All right. I'll include your information in the show notes so people can get that. So Jan, any parting words of wisdom for our listeners? Yeah. Um, Basically, um, that your soul speaks through joy and excitement. Mm. And in order to have that feeling of vibrancy, that energy to feel that, we need to take time to smell the roses. And we need to take some time for restorative practice. Sounds good to me. And I love that. And ending on that, it's just a reminder that we can all take, the, take a time throughout the course of our day to be intentional, to be mindful of how much energy we expend and how much energy we're taking in to replenish. And I think that's very important. So thank you, Jan. It's Until we great. meet again. Yeah, I can't wait. Take a look at the show notes for more information about today's guest, links to the website, contact information, and social media channels. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Think about one gem you can take away from this episode and apply it to your own life. Also, please take a moment to like the episode, subscribe to the channel, comment, and share with your family, friends, and colleagues. Till we meet again, remember to nourish your flourish and see you real soon. Salud!